Which wild contract is currently looking like the biggest bargain? Kirill Kaprizov? Maybe. It's actually a different name. All that, and we'll talk about which players are off-limits at the trade deadline today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we look at some of the best values currently for the Wild in terms of performance based on contract, such as Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy. And we'll also talk about some of the players who are performing under their current market value such as Marc-Andre Fleury and Ryan Reeves. We'll also take a look at the Wild's trade deadline untouchables list and why Kalen Addison is an interesting name as a player that the Wild may listen on in a deal. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On Sports. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Looking at contract value for the Minnesota Wild right now, which players are getting the most bang for their buck? And where have the Wilds uh, found ways to sign players for less than what their market value would currently be? The Athletic put together the uh, report cards, kind of looking at uh, player performance, taking into account a bunch of different statistics as to uh, trying to figure out which players are worth the most given their current contracts. Some of the names will not surprise you. Kirill Kaprizov, uh, according to these cards, is generating $4.3 million of surplus value. His salary is $9 million. He's playing like a $13.3 million a year player. Can't wait for that for the extension. And so... Obviously, with your biggest goal scorer, he's going to be one of the players that is generating the highest amount of value based on his current contract. The biggest one, I think, this may not be a surprise, is Matt Boldy, who is uh, generating $6.2 million of surplus value based on his current contract. He's making under a million dollars on that entry-level contract. His market value right now is, Seven million dollars, which just so happens to be what he signed his extension for uh, here uh, a few weeks ago. So, right now, Matt Boldy is meeting the level in terms of production of his extension. You would imagine that his productivity will continue to increase over the next few years, and so that contract should look really good for the Wild in the next couple of seasons. Some of the other highlights include Jewel Erickson Eck generating $3.3 million in surplus value over his contract. Remember the Jewel Erickson Eck contract signing in which uh, a lot of people were not really sure what to make of that deal? Is it too long of a deal? Is it too much money for a guy who doesn't profile as a number one center? 
Turns out he is uh, he's playing more like an eight and a half million dollar a year player, and so uh, I am sure the Wild feel like that is a good bargain for them, being able to uh, to get him at that five point three million dollar rate. Other players that uh, that are in positive territory, you got Matt Zuccarello, who's at uh, plus two point nine million, so he's playing like more like a nine million dollar player as opposed to the $6 million contract per year that he's currently signed to with the Wild. Uh, the Duhame and uh, Brandon Duhame and Connor Dewar, both in positive territory. Dewar playing like more like a $1.2 million a year player. Brandon Duhame playing like more like a $2.2 million player. So those guys both in positive territory. Sam Steele generating $2.3 million dollars in surplus value over his current contract uh, playing like a 3.2 million dollar a year player defensively Jared Spurgeon is uh, the standout from the defenseman as he is generating 2.5 million dollars of surplus value over his contract 7.6 million dollars per year he's playing like a 10 million per year defenseman right now and this is interesting because I think Spurgeon's case is a polarizing one amongst wild fans is Spurgeon is never going to be somebody that has that size he's not necessarily he's pro, uh, he's not a defenseman that uses physicality really in his game at all but we see now and again throughout games his elite ability to poke check to chase players back on odd man rushes and break up odd man rushes. And so he does the unsung things that um, that you just you don't see publicized enough. And honestly, I was I was surprised that the figure was that high for this year, but it's it's a wild decor that uh, is is riding some of its top players two good performances so far this season. So Spurgeon leading the way for Wild defensemen. We'll talk about the rest of the decor coming up because uh, really the only defenseman in positive territory other than Kalen Addison, who's generating $0.4 million in surplus value himself, that will be interesting to factor into a potential extension for Addison here in the offseason. And then the goalie situation is very, very, very different. You have Philip Gustafson, who is generating $3.3 million of surplus value, playing like a $4 million a year goalie with his current market value, and he's making under a million. So that is also going to be an interesting case when it becomes time to uh, look at an extension for him in the offseason if the Wild end up going that route. But Boldy, I think, is the highlight who currently generating basically his current um, – he, he's playing at his current extension level. You'd expect that to uh, to raise over the next few years. So, Jewel Eriksson-Eck contract looking like a, uh, a bargain based off of his performance. Kaprizov's deal looking like a bargain based off of his performance. There are a lot of good highlights in that capacity – for this wild team, at least statistically, you know, we see some of the stuff with the eye test, the turnovers um, on a nightly basis, some of the penalties 
And I'm sure some of that gets factored in. But, you know, statistically, these guys are all beating their current contract levels considerably uh, here this season. There are players that are not. And uh, I'm going to include a player in positive territory in Ryan Hartman, who I don't think even profiles as where his, uh, his surplus value is at right now. So we'll talk about Ryan Hartman as well as some of the other players that were in negative territory, including Marc-Andre Fleury and Ryan Reeves, as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by our new sports betting partner for Locked on Sports, the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better because they have so many great features that make sports betting the uh, fun and easy. New customers can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you have to do is head to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. FanDuel also has your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out today. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of Locked On Sports. Continuing today's episode of Locked On Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On Flyers podcast to get some intel on today's matchup against Philadelphia. We'll also have our pregame preview later for you this afternoon to talk about the big lineup change for the Minnesota Wild with Ryan Hartman being scratched from the lineup. And speaking of Ryan Hartman, in the Athletics player cards, Hartman is currently generating positive value on his current contract of $3.4 million. He's playing like a $5.1 million per year player. Of course, his contract is low. He signed that super, super cheap extension to stay with the Minnesota Wild. But he is not playing like a $5 million a year player. Come on. The penalties, the turnovers, he is one of the players that I think has to single-handedly pick it up. And I know hurt at the beginning of the year. Uh, It sounds like that injury is not something that he is going to fully recover from until the offseason. But still, if you can just stop committing the penalties on a nightly basis, that's going to go a long way towards better performances as the season rolls on. So Hartman, uh, breaking news earlier today that uh, he will be scratched from the lineup tonight. We'll talk more about that in our preview of tonight's game uh, later this afternoon. But that that's one that I don't necessarily agree with because I think he's playing at a level that is below a $5 million per year market value. Um, he's probably playing more towards his current actual salary and maybe even slightly below that. So beyond that, players who were in negative territory, not a surprise with Jordan Greenway, 
who is negative $0.2 million in surplus value to his current $3 million salary. I think that should be lower uh, because you're just not seeing – we're just not seeing the same sort of spark offensively that we saw last year. And I don't know, just really not seeing uh, a, a lot in the way of, of game-impacting play from Greenway this season. So Greenway in negative territory. Jonas Brodeen is at dead even. I wonder why. Uh, for his current production, playing like a $6 million a year player, which matches his current salary. Matt Dumba is generating negative $1.6 million in surplus value. It's got to be. It's It's got to be more than that. Playing like a $4.4 million per year player, based off of the athletics analytics. It's got to be lower than that. And that's why Brodeen's numbers are are pulling closer to even uh, as they are. I think the more interesting ones is Ryan Reeves, for one, who's playing like a league minimum player. So he's generating negative $2.2 million in surplus value. Reeves was brought here as the spark guy a uh, kind of a vibe guy that can bring you physicality. He's fought once since he came to Minnesota. Had the one game in which he really took things over against Detroit, levied some much-needed physicality. But beyond that, really has not done it consistently for this team. And so I'm not surprised to see that figure either. Uh Honestly, I, I'm getting to the point where it may be time for Mason Shaw to get into the lineup more consistently than some of these other guys have uh, have been able to at this point. So that is one that uh, did not surprise me at all. The other, Marc-Andre Fleury, who is currently generating negative $3.5 million in surplus value, playing like a league minimum goalie and this is always a debate in um, in goalie play is is it the goalie's fault is it the fault of the defense I think the blame at least some of the blame lies in the offense's inability to consistently score at an even strength level which puts more pressure on both him and Philip Gustafson to make saves regularly to try to keep this team from building up strong def- or large deficits. He's been fine early on in games. It's just as the game wears on and Flurry is asked to do more and more to keep the team in it, that's where the goals start to come from that are let in. So that was not a really a surprise either, um, just based off of performance uh, and analytics. Uh, that was not one that surprised me uh, really at all either. Uh, Jake Middleton and John Merrill generating less than a million dollars in terms of negative surplus value. Middleton at negative 0.5, Merrill at negative 0.6 on the defenseman side. And uh, so none of those really surprises. Middleton maybe um, to an extent, although I, I think he is somebody that I think we could see a little more from uh, from Middleton 
in the way of uh, consistently consistency defensively. But then again, that could just be that his contract value is a little high for the type of player that he is. So positively, negatively, there are wild players that are on both ends of the spectrum. Some are surprises, some are not. But uh, at the end of the day, I am comforted at the fact that the Wild seem to have three contracts in particular that look, based off of what they bring to the game, that look like they are solid bargains with Kaprizov, with Jewel Eriksson and with Matt Boldy. So those three guys, confident in what they bring to the table. Some of the other contracts, some of the other players got to step it up to match, or somebody else will be uh, doing the job in their spot next season. And speaking of that, the Athletic also taking a look at what the Wild trade block could look like with some interesting names that are not in the not-going-anywhere category, such as Kalen Addison. We'll discuss that as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL as we move towards the All-Star break. Lockdown NHL is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, absolutely free of charge. The Minnesota Wilds not necessarily in buy or sell mode at this time. Uh, There has been a lot of chatter about the Wild trying to bring in an asset, especially a top six guy, to help this offense out. I maintain that February will decide either way, as the Wild currently sit outside the playoff picture, with the game that they should win tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers, but not a guaranteed win. I am not sure if they will be – we'll let February decide because if the Wild play well and they stick around that conversation, then, yes, you could argue that uh, that an ad would be worthwhile. If they don't and they find themselves solidly out of it by the time February is up, I'm not a huge advocate of bringing somebody in to try to get them back in to the playoff consideration if you're trying to leapfrog teams like Calgary, like Nashville, like the the top part of the playoff picture, as we discussed uh, earlier this week, the top part of this playoff picture is really starting to solidify itself. You've got in the Central Division, Winnipeg, Dallas, and now Colorado vaulting into the third spot in the division. It feels like it's going to be tough to leapfrog those guys. It's not impossible, but it's going to be tough to leapfrog those guys for a spot in the division playoff picture. And the Pacific division playoff picture with Vegas, with Seattle, maybe not as much Vegas due to some of their injuries starting to pile up, but Seattle for sure. Uh, Los Angeles Kings have the offense, I think, to stick in it. Defense and goaltending is a different story entirely. But they've got the offense that will keep them in it in the regular season. 
And you've got the Edmonton Oilers, who are starting to put some things together, except for the loss last night to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So you have the teams at the top that are starting to really solidify their standings, and it's going to be tricky to vault into the wild card picture and be fighting it out on a daily basis, trying to get above water with those teams. So unless the wild vault back into and gain some footing, and if they do make it through this February test with a winning record, get themselves back into the, uh, the conversation and get back on track, then yes, I think there are merits. But if what, is, what could possibly happen does, I'm not a huge component of a buy for this type of season. The reason I bring this up is because uh, the A-team tandem of Joe Smith and Michael Russo took a look at what the trade block could look like, the untouchables, and uh, the players who are not going anywhere. Not really a surprise in a lot of those categories. The guys that are not moving, whether it be no movement clauses or... Uh, just being kind of franchise cornerstones. Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, Matt Boldy, Freddie Goudreau in the not-going-anywhere category, Jewel Eriksson-Eck, Connor Dewar in the not-going-anywhere category, which I'm a huge fan of that because I think if the Wild do make some moves where they send pieces elsewhere, he is, I think, a prime candidate to get an elevated look in the lineup for what he brings to the lineup consistently when he's able to play. Does great on the penalty kill. Does great with that fourth line that seems like is getting the short end of the stick with this team because they're always trailing. And so Dewar being in the not-going-anywhere camp, I'm a huge fan of. Spurgeon, Middleton, Brodeen on defense in the not-going-anywhere camp. Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson also in the not-going-anywhere portion of the conversation. Fleury's got the, I believe Fleury's got the no-trade clause, so that's not a surprise. So those are the guys that are likely not going anywhere. Uh, The players who, as The Athletic puts it, are safe for now, Marcus Foligno and Ryan Hartman. So those guys are both signed through next season. I I don't know. I'm getting to the point where we may see the new grief line have Brandon Duhame and Connor Dewar centered by Jewel Erickson Eck by the end of next season. Uh it seems like things have, and, and I haven't heard many rumblings about Jordan Greenway's status, if he would actually be moved or if he just has kind of fallen a little out of favor with how things have gone this year. But you know how Bill Guerin operates. A lot of it is behind the scenes, and there are things that could be being worked on right now that we have no idea about. So I do find it interesting that Felino is – in the safe for now category and Ryan Hartman too, because 
this is just an idea that has popped into my head over the last couple of weeks. I'm getting to the point based off of Hartman's play and the fact now that he has been scratched for tonight's game based off of the receipt laundry list of penalties that are starting to accumulate. I'm getting to the point where I feel like the Wild are going to make a decision between Ryan Hartman and Freddie Goudreau, and they will keep one of those two, not both. So that will mean either a new deal for Freddie Goudreau to stick around as a center that the Wild like. He's obviously one of Dean Evison's guys. And honestly, it's it's hard to argue with his play. Um, he has, you know, he's been a pleasant surprise offensively again this season after his breakout last year. And so it, it's really hard to argue if that's the route that the Wild go, where they say we're going to keep Goudreau and we're going to move on from Hartman. It's hard to argue that based off of performance. So not surprised to see Hartman in that category. I'm wondering if we get to the point with Felino where as much of a fan favorite as he is, the team, due to the Parisi suitor contracts, just elects to move on once his deal is done with guys like Dewar, Duhame as logical replacements um, waiting in the wings. So we could get to that point. The guys on the trade block, it's it's not a surprise for me. Um, it's it's Dumba and it's Greenway. Those two are the guys that we've speculated about um, quite a bit over the uh, the last couple of weeks. Alex Goligoski also on that list. A team could see what he did in um, coming in for Matt Dumba and say that they think there's still something there, and maybe he ends up being a guy that the Wild deal at the deadline to a team that just is in need of kind of a depth defenseman that is a veteran that can give them something if they need to put him into the lineup in an emergency situation. The part of the list that is intriguing is the Wild would probably listen, and the list includes Kalen Addison, it includes Sam Steele, and it includes John Merrill. Um, This, again, is, I think... Indicative, at least in Merrill and Steele's case, indicative of players in Iowa that could come up and fill spots on that roster. Now, Steele being the top-line center for the Wild at this current moment, that creates maybe a little bit of a problem uh, if he were to be dealt. But if not, you know, you keep him on in that top spot potentially, um, but you've got Marco Rossi, who's lighting it up in Iowa uh, right now. And I'm going to be shocked if he's not on the roster next season for this team. Sammy Walker, same story. He has just dominated at the AHL level and looked great uh, up with the Wild during his uh, cup of tea earlier this season. Is it a situation where Walker could be you know, kind of the the hot commodity that maybe in an extended look or a full season maybe doesn't perform at that same level. Um, it's possible. But I liked enough, and a lot of people did, liked enough what he brought to want to see more of it 
because of the hustle, because of the speed, because of the whole piece of the pie that he brings to the table. So I think the Wild put Merrill and Steele in that category in particular because you maybe don't want to move on from those guys. You like what you've seen from them uh, for the most part overall. But if there becomes an opportunity where this team falls out of it and you can get a player at Iowa up to fill that spot, then that makes sense. As for Addison, that one is a little bit more of a head-scratcher for me. Uh, I'm assuming it has to do with the defensive capabilities or lack thereof that uh, that Addison is still adding to his game. But it just it seems weird unless you feel like he has priced himself out of a potential extension. It just feels weird to put him in the not in the not going anywhere category. Um, but again, as I've said once, I'll say it a thousand times, Bill Guerin is operating this thing in a way that which there is a, a bunch going on that we don't ever see. And so as much as we like to try to compartmentalize what's going on at the deadline, who's staying, who's going, who would be available in the event that this team falls out of it, who are they going to look to get if they stay in it? He's got things in the works that will probably not be revealed. So it's just interesting speculation as to kind of where things are at. But um, it is not a surprise that you have a lot of guys not generating a ton of surplus market value, as the athletic calls it, um, as to where this team is at right now and why they're struggling offensively. So that will do it for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen every single day of the week. We appreciate it. We'll have a pregame preview for you coming up later today to take a look at the Flyers game, and we'll talk about Ryan Hartman being a healthy scratch and what the lineup looks like with him out of the lineup uh, later today. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. Make sure you subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Subscribe on YouTube. Keep us in your minds as the week moves along, as the season moves along, so that we can keep you up to date with everything going on about your favorite Minnesota hockey team. We've got new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network.